Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Russell Mills, and this is KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. Switching political parties is all but unheard of in most countries. It's rare, even in the U.S. Late last year, Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Instruction Joy Hoffmeister did just that. Counter to the rather obvious trend over the recent years in Oklahoma, she left the Republican Party to run for governor as a Democrat. Now, despite her newcomer status in that party, she easily won the Democratic nomination. Now, heading into the last weeks of the race, she's polling well against a sitting Republican governor in one of the most GOP-dominated states in the country. Here's my recent conversation with Joy Hoffmeister, unedited. Thanks for listening. We are on with uh, sitting superintendent of public instruction for the state of Oklahoma and gubernatorial candidate Joy Hoffmeister. That's that's a long introduction, but she got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Uh, can can we start uh, by talking a little bit about what happened yesterday? There was a, I think they called it a forum. Um, I don't know if you call it a forum, a debate. I don't know what you want to call it, but um, characterize it for me. Tell me how it went. Uh, did you feel like you made any points? Did you feel like there was anything there you needed to address? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, great to be with you, Russell, as always. And yes, we are in full swing with the uh, last final stretch here uh, before the election. So this is the time where we get together uh, and it was it was good. I believe in public debate and it wasn't um, uh, a televised debate or uh, something live on radio, but we did have a forum on energy with the governor. Now, and, that yeah. can be that's a very that's a very complex topic, energy. Sure. And and and, you know, right now the energy industry is killing it. They're making money hand over fist. But in any case, what I mean, what what? I, I, I saw where you sort of distanced yourself from, from the Biden administration on some of its energy policies. I don't think that would surprise anybody. But but talk to us a little bit about how you tread that line. I mean, where, where do you differ and where do you see, you know, concordance with what, what's going on or do you? Right. Well, there's not a line to tread. I'm on Team Oklahoma and always have been. And that's the job I'm um, working to uh, achieve, which is to represent all of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, the bottom line is energy more than anything else defines our quality of life. And we need more energy, not less. Uh, what does really trouble me about the Biden administration is how he talks about the energy sector. Um, I, I know that there are um, many in the energy sector and uh, who have um, been beat up. And frankly, um, that's concerning. Uh, there, there is absolutely um, a, a, a tremendous uh, amount of our um, economic, um, you know, uh, health depends on 
a strong energy sector in Oklahoma. And um, there is really no energy that is inherently clean or dirty. Uh, just look at zero emission cars. You know, they have um, emissions when they're manufactured, when they're transported uh, for sale as well. Uh, but there's nothing clean about not having access to energy 24-7, and uh, we rely on a whole host of energy to accomplish that. I will tell you this. I was very critical of the governor and actually Joe Biden. I don't think they've done enough for Oklahoma. Uh, we have hundreds of wells that are still offline, and under Governor Stitt's watch, we have no comprehensive state energy plan. And what that means, and this should really matter to everyone in a home or business, uh, that the next time we have a polar vortex like those storms and ice storms we had last February, uh, where it came very close to the grid going offline, uh, we, we have to have a governor who will have a plan on how we do that to keep our uh, homes and businesses operating, and we were at risk of that. We saw the disaster that happened in Texas as well. Uh, and uh, as governor, we'll make sure that we keep our hospitals, our families, and our homes and businesses operating with a comprehensive state plan. So many ways that could go, but I mean, you know, one is, yeah, we desperately, we know that we need more oil. We know the supply is low. That's why prices are going up. And yet we have, as you correctly pointed out, a whole ton of unfinished and and uh, or shut down wells in Oklahoma. Now there mm -hmm. are there's oil and then there's oil and I and I get that you know you have to have the heavy crude and we don't we don't have that here. But yeah, that that's a thing. But uh, you know, as far as the the ice storm and everything, well, that led to a massive what's going to be an increase in rates for Oklahoma electric that's customers. Right. That's going to go for years. I know Commissioner Bob Anthony is absolutely on the warpath, uh, uh, Corporation Commissioner okay. Bob Anthony. I have requested an interview with him. He's not gotten back to me, but maybe you could share your thoughts on what, what happened there. Well, he he's right. And as a Corporation Commissioner who has seen um, the fair treatment or um, the unfair treatment of uh, the utility hikes uh, with utility rate hikes um, that is a burden on taxpayers and homeowners and businesses. Uh, we're all paying the price for a emergency dependence that we had to have during that ice storm on the fossil fuels in the gas industry. And yet, if we had had a governor who took seriously the need for a comprehensive energy plan, then we would have been able to divert those resources immediately off of closed businesses um, that could have been diverted into homes and hospitals, uh, and yet we didn't have that. Uh, we, we could and should have anticipated uh, how to um, avoid what occurred at that time with um, other other energies, whether that be you know the the wind or solar, uh, that we could have had a plan to avoid what we then had to go out and as a state have expensive um, uh, infusion of energy at that time uh, that we're all paying the price for. But let me just let me just shift gears a little bit. Yep and say that this is just one example. Oklahoma families, uh, Oklahoma businesses are paying the price and communities for a governor who is not taking care of the needs of Oklahomans. And I saw uh, a governor who is um, more interested in 
um, his his own uh, self-dealing or cronyism um, and have had a front row seat to corruption. And we know that if Oklahoma is going to thrive and grow, we're going to have to focus on some you know, basic areas, um, world-class schools, uh, safe and healthy communities, and the infrastructure for great jobs. Uh, we can't have a robust economy without those things uh, in balance and uh, stable. And we are lacking today. And there's too much at stake uh, to not fight for uh, the future of the state. So a couple days ago, maybe in late last week, I spoke with um, the president of Kelly Education, which is one of the divisions of Kelly Services. I don't know if you're familiar with Kelly Services, massive international company that essentially matches people up to, with jobs and vice versa. And what they told me was they did a survey of 2,000 top business leaders in the United States, and 91% of those business leaders said if the current state of education in this country does not turn around, they will not have a workforce capable of supporting their businesses within five years. Kelly also predicts that if we do not turn the trend around that is currently ongoing, the lack of teachers that we are suffering now in the United States will double in three years. Now, you know, if I sound strident, angry, urgently alarmed over this, it's because I am. And, and, and because what you just spoke about is what they're saying. Education is fundamental to business. Business is yeah. fundamental to everything, right? Our infa- everything. So what, what yeah. can we do differently, um, you know? And, and yeah. how do you answer the, the criticism that, well, gee, Joy's been in charge of education in the state for years because that's what the governor is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the we've been sounding the alarm to the crisis at hand and the governor doesn't get how this factors in to workforce and our economy, to the health of our community as well. So here's here's the the bottom line. This is a governor today who is um, promising a voucher scheme if he is reelected. It was defeated this year, but he has promised to bring it back. It will be a rural school killer. It's a voucher that takes public dollars intended for public schools and, and takes that and pulls it out of public schools and into private schools where um, we have a great responsibility in this state to ensure that the children in our neighborhood schools have teachers that they are well-resourced, that they have the people on the team to meet the needs of students, and that we see higher outcomes happen for not just some kids, but all kids in Oklahoma public schools. And that, in effect, keeps property values strong and growing. Uh, The opposite will happen. Uh, If the voucher scheme of the governors uh, goes through, uh, then we will see that it is a rural school killer. You kill the school, you kill the community. And it will be epic on steroids, frankly. Uh, the lack of um, transparency and the, uh, the potential waste, fraud, and abuse is immense. We do not have dollars to waste on something that the governor is um, intent on doing that we know will not meet the needs of kids today. In fact, it only makes it worse. And, you know, it's also about how do we work to ensure that all communities in Oklahoma have access to 
um, a doctor. You know, he wants to privatize not only education, but he wants to privatize uh, sooner care. And, you know, this is a most provision for the most vulnerable in our uh, state. Uh, we know that we have um, 53% of enrollees are children. And I believe that we should not put profit over the care of patients, uh, that it is important that uh, parents as well as that um, um, patient have the ability to make decisions with a trusted doctor and not have what Kevin Stitt wants, which is a corporation in between. So I'm, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that, that's got to be two, well, was, because I've talked to them, two of the main reasons mm -hmm. why the, the leaders of the five principal tribes and, or, uh, you know, five civilized nations, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them, five biggest tribes in Oklahoma plus the Quapaw Nation came out very strongly in support of you. Uh, a couple days ago, and that that was the those two themes were sounded several times, and and in subsequent concert uh, conversations with with Chief Hoskin, so I know that that's on their minds. But when it comes to you know the government making choices, making decisions for people, the 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 hot potato, the third rail, the big deal that is possibly going to throw a real curveball into the election results come this November is abortion. And, you know, uh, I, I had a text today, uh, a message, uh, it was actually a Facebook message from a gentleman who you, who you might know, I'm not going to name him because I don't want to throw him under the bus, former law enforcement officer for many years. And he worked with abused children and neglected children, and he worked the homicides of children. And what he wrote was, and I'll quote real quick, he says, with all the arguing and high-minded stuff, no one considers the life of the unwanted and unloved child. Abuse, foster homes, runaway, juvenile courts, prison, maybe even execution 25 years later. In other words, uh, there are, there's a lot of people t saying that, you know, it's not a pro-life movement, it's a pro-birth movement, and I know it's a complicated issue. And, and with all due respect, I know it's hard to put it into words, even even in casual conversation. It's got to be damn near impossible to do it publicly. But tell me where your head is at and, and what you think um, of this law without any exceptions for rape, incest, or the life yeah. of the mother. Yeah, so I, I want you to know um, I have always identified as personally pro-life like a lot of Oklahomans. And yet I have not walked in every woman's shoes. Uh, I don't favor extremes on either side of this issue, but ultimately, this is a healthcare decision between a woman and her doctor, and her faith, frankly. Um, we also know that there are many in Oklahoma who do not favor uh, the governor's extreme abortion ban, with no exception for those victims of rape or incest, and his criminalizing of healthcare. Uh, has been an assault on doctors and women. And boy, criminalizing of of, of teachers has has been tough to to see too. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know anybody who is who is <laughs> who is pro abortion, but it, but it certainly does seem like there's there there could be some room for compromise there. I think what I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I'm going to run a story um, tomorrow morning with folks who are in for open primaries. And the point that the gentleman is making is that, look, in the 2022 primaries, less than 20% of registered voters in Oklahoma participated. 
that there are 65, or 65%, I forget the exact number, of races in, for state offices in Oklahoma that are unopposed. That we have essentially become a one-party system and all the decisions are getting made and that primary. And it's time to open things up and let the people start to decide who the candidates are going to be again. Just curious to get your thoughts on the idea of open primaries in Oklahoma. Well, my focus obviously right now is on this election and working this process that I will tell you. Uh, we are ranked 50th lowest in the nation on voter participation. And so it is uh, very important that uh, people exercise their right to vote. Their voice matters. And in a statewide election, um, every vote counts equally. There is no gerrymandering or um, um, ways that your vote won't count as much as anyone else casting theirs. Uh, but it is important that people participate. And I, of course, encourage um, those who haven't registered to do that before October 14th. Um, and then also that then they participate and have a plan to register, to um, exercise that right, whether they are voting early or, or voting by mail or on Election Day. Having a plan uh, helps us all do what we need to do, and it prioritizes something so very important to Oklahomans. need to make sure you're voting where you think you're voting, too. That's the thing. <laughs> because, yeah. You know, yeah. those, those polling places, those precincts can move around. All right. I know that we're we're up against uh, you know pretty pretty close to the time limit yeah. that I was given, but uh, well, let me ask you about this. Have you had? Were you watching it all today? Were you watching the hearing of the January sixth committee? Have you watched any of the hearings of the January sixth committee? And um, do you is that something that has been on your radar? Because I want to tell you, I've asked several elected leaders in the state of Oklahoma, and they tell me, yeah, it's all just a it's all just a big circus. Doesn't mean anything. Well, uh, actually, um, I am all over Oklahoma right now and on a cell phone having the conversation. So I'm not where I'm, I'm able to keep up with the, uh, national news and things happening on uh, TV right now. But I will tell you that um, what I am hearing from Oklahomans, they care deeply about um, those issues that in our state um, have been neglected. Um, and they want to see strong schools. They want to see uh, the, their hospitals in rural Oklahoma stay open and their um, ability for broadband access and um, safe highway systems and two-lane roads all across the state that too many people have lost their lives uh, because of the conditions. We have a lot of work to do here. Our governor is reading off a national script. And I am anchored in the main streets, uh, in small communities and large communities all across this state. And my focus is on bringing the um, people uh, to the table that might have been cut out by this governor as he, as he really has pitted neighbor against neighbor. And he is extreme in those um, issues that he continues to drive um, division between Oklahomans. I do think about um, partnerships and how important it is that we work with the sovereign tribal nations uh, who are Oklahomans as well, and uh, that we all work together to ensure that 
those values that Oklahomans hold dear, faith, family, education, hard work, those values that my husband Jerry and I raised our four kids um, on and and the the way to achieve success is by getting back to the basics of common sense, working together and respect for one another. Uh, that's the kind of governor I want to be and will continue to work together with a whole host of folks uh, because Oklahoma belongs to the people, not one party and not one politician. So um, that was a that was a perfect pivot. Uh, and I'm teasing you a little bit, but I mean, I, in no way did you actually address what I was asking, but, but that's okay. I get it. You are busy. You are on the road right now. Essentially what happened today was the January 6th committee subpoenaed the former president and the United oh, States Supreme heard. court turned down his request for them to interview, uh, intervene in the Mar-a-Lago uh, situation. Uh, so well, I- Definitely be catching up. I know, uh, I know. The very wee hours of the evening. <laughs> I, I know that you will, and, and we're on the road. I trust me. I get that you are. I'm just, I what I'm trying to, to what I'm trying to get to is, I mean, are, are you concerned? Does it, does it worry you that what happened in on January sixth of uh, twenty one was, uh, you know, an actual attempt to subvert? Uh, democracy in this country, or was it, you know, as some of our uh, Republican elected lawmakers have told me, oh, it was just, you know, a couple of, of people got out of control. Do, I mean, do you have, it, have you formed an opinion on, on it? It, it? it was a dark day in American history. And what I am focusing on is the future. And we all have a role to play. And the most a uh, democratic um, way that we can move forward is to cast a vote. Mm. Uh, so our focus right now is uh, to make sure people know how and how, that they have the right to be engaged and that their voice counts. Uh, this is how we do things that best serve Oklahomans. And uh, it is the Oklahoma families and communities uh, across the state that I am eager to partner with and lead. Uh, and uh, that that is what we've been focused on for the last um, number of months uh, as we have been sprinting to the finish line. So um, I think I'm right at, at the at the edge. So I'm going to I'm going to be merciful and let you up. The, the polls show you guys really, really catching up, if not passing Mr. Stitt as we head into the final lap. So it's got to feel it's got to feel to you like you've got some momentum, yeah? We can feel the momentum on the doorsteps uh, as we have um individuals knocking doors in uh many many communities, but we also know that um one thing the polls are showing is that the majority of Oklahomans have an unfavorable view of the governor. And they are ready for change, and they are describing uh, that that they are concerned and troubled by his self-dealing uh, and cronyism and corruption. I've had a front row seat to that. Uh, we owe it to the taxpayer to make the priorities of Oklahomans the priority of the governor, and I will lead in that way. Well, Joy Hoffmeister, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I know you have a crazy busy schedule and I know you ain't getting a lot of sleep. So I, <laughs> I, I'm going to, you know, I forgive you for not being totally informed on every headline that's happening. Um, I will ask if you've got anything else that you want to add or anything that you want to say, you know, I always give my victims the last word. 
<laughs> Always good to talk with you, Russell. Thank you so much. Uh, we are just going to keep uh, running fast and um, getting all across the state and uh, talking with voters uh, because it's their voice that matters. And I appreciate very much the chance to visit with you and, and your audience as well. Well, thank you and, and everybody who helped set this up. And let's talk again soon. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Safe travels. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. I'm always looking for stories about the people, places, and politics of Oklahoma. I'm easy to find on Facebook, or you can always email me and the entire KRMG news team. The email address is news at krmg.com. I'm Russell Mills. Thanks for the listen. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.